Well, welcome back to Teaching with the Body and Mind. I'm Mike, and I'm here with Tom. Hi, Mike. Ross. Hi. And Joey. Hey. Hey. And today I wanted to talk because I can only think out loud, <laughs> and I thought I'd take the opportunity to think about a question someone asked me that they want me to talk about on their podcasts. So for those of you who listen to the Early Childhood Education Nerd, is that what the name of the... I think yeah, like, or is like it early, early Childhood Nerd? Just Early Childhood Nerd. Early Childhood Nerd. So Heather... Uh, I don't know when she'll be broadcasting her episode with me, so... A little double dipping. Yeah, it, yeah, you may hear <laughs> me talk about this twice, but I haven't thought... I wrote this, you know, three years ago, four years ago, so I did think of this at one point, but I haven't... I want to see what we all think. So she quoted me saying, I also think there's a culture within the field of early childhood education that comes from having an almost exclusive female workforce about the reason why rough-and-tumble play is devalued in early childhood programs. But so I wanted to pick that apart again, um, and I thought talking with you might help me get my ideas together so mm -hmm. I at least can sound smart on her podcast, <laughs> even if here I can flounder about. So I do think there's something to it, but I mm -hmm. also have the caveat that I don't think that there's um, like an essential, like, thing that women do, an essential thing that men do, or an essential way that men mm -hmm. are or women are, um, mm -hmm. and, and even that there's this binary that there's only men and there's only women. But at the same time, <laughs> I guess I would say, I'm going to throw out this statement. I feel like the women who are interested in working with young children are not the ones who are necessarily drawn to rough and tumble play. It's probably true of a lot of the men in the field as well, that, mm -hmm. you know, there's plenty of women in professions that are more um, risk, uh, liking risk, you know, mm -hmm. there's firefighters, um, I guess police officers, um, you know, whatever, like things that involve high speeds, involve danger, personal trainers, like that. Personal trainers yeah, the, the more physical things, a tattoo artists, so it involves mm -hmm. some... <laughs> there's a lot of risk there. <laughs> the, well, no, I'm thinking think, more of the pain element of yeah. like, a oh, little pain is okay. I, mean, I, I, I Just to jump right in, I think that what you just read, you know, you're, you're, it, you're kind of talking about the culture of early childhood yes, education. True, and I yeah. think I think it is, I will go out of limits, I think it is true that there is a generally a culture yes. that goes along with early childhood education. Sure. Mm -hmm. It's got its own culture. Some anthropologists could probably come in and, yeah, and, yeah. and sort of describe it in, in those terms. And, and so I, I do. Right. And I think the other thing that's really struck me when you were reading the excerpt was just the word devalued because I think it is true that within the field of early childhood education, you know, certain things are valued and certain things are devalued. Sure. And I mean, mm -hmm. I, and I, so I think that that's, I, I you know, so take, yeah. take gender out of it, even though I think it right. does relate to yeah. having a predominantly female I think female it's also class workforce. too. Like and thinking class. about the culture of early childhood and reading, like how important books are. That's where I was going to go. Okay. Yep. Oh, perfect. Yeah, sorry. No, just, go ahead. Uh, no, 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 no. Sorry. That sounded harsh. But, you know, or just in general education, we're, we're preparing them for education. We're preparing them for our school system, which right. is heavily, heavily verbal, mm -hmm. you know, he heavily reading and writing oriented. Of course, yes, then you get to math. But I do think, I mean, in a, and yeah. the, you know, so I, I think it comes from that. This is what, oh, we want to get them ready for A is for Apple and and, and all those, yeah. those kinds of things. And then I don't even mean that it's all bad, but I do think there's an emphasis on, on sort of being proper. Yeah, well, even the in rules. literacy, there's plenty of cultures where storytelling is the way right. early childhood, where children would be exposed to a lot of stories and not books necessarily. You can kind of take, you take the child from where they start. Yeah. The storytelling allows the child to join in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What happens next? Mm -hmm. Well, reading a book, a child never gets to decide what happens. They get to guess 
and find out if they're right. Right. But in storytelling, they get to s- come yeah, up right. with an idea that is right because they're part of the storytelling. Right. But I do think it really is a cultural difference when I think about times yeah. that we've been doing trainings or, or even just in this in this podcast where you talk about the difference between somebody walking in and saying, good morning, Miss so-and-so, how are you today, or whatever, right. or even to their friends, good morning, and then, you know, the kid who comes up and does a hip check, right. and that both, both are a greeting, but mm-hmm. if you don't know a cultural code then you don't you don't know that both are greetings and you and you right, don't and right. if, if your if your goal is or if your hope for people is oh they know how to greet a social peer in a friendly way you you and you don't know that the hip check or the bump is a greeting right and it looks yeah that's you know, a really good then, way of, yeah. then and you're not going to value it and you're not going to think that they have that skill so i mean i'm going to use that example tomorrow then <laughs> i just i just think it's accurate i just think it's accurate but there's there's a huge culture yeah i mean and that's you can, true i can feel it sorry i'm all jacked up on caffeine for those who don't, don't know how much coffee I've already had. But, you know, you can feel it when, um, I'll feel it when, when maybe dads come to do drop off and pick up and mm-hmm. I feel almost bad because I'm just like, oh, you're not, not across the board, all the caveats that you said, Mike, right. but like, oh, you're super uncomfortable in this environment because this is such a female heavy environment yeah. between the teachers and between a lot of mothers doing mm-hmm. doing drop off and pick up again, not a hundred percent, right? but you can, you know, I can just feel it and I just... I, I know the cultural difference is there. Right. Mm-hmm. And they often talk about, you know, when you try to get parents involved, some parents are going to feel less comfortable mm-hmm. in the environment. Mm-hmm. And some of it's cultural, too, of if people had a childhood where school was a place where they got disciplined and things regardless of gender, they're not going to feel like, oh, let me come in the classroom right. and be part of it. Right. Mm-hmm. They're going to be like, oh, no, that's okay. You're, you're in charge of my child right. now. I'm getting out of here. You know, like they don't want to walk into that classroom. But you're right. Yeah, like. Gender in our society can be one of those factors where there are people who are like, this isn't a place for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think even just in the way that that kind of gendered mentality is pushed into either the the curricula themselves or the the materials that are used, mm-hmm. the way that we play mm-hmm. that, you know, having these discussions of like, well, no, no, that like the children will say those are boy gr- toys, those are girl right. toys. And mm-hmm. I, we're like very clear that it's. The caffeine's hitting me too, so I'm like, oh no, I gotta talk. Jump gotta in, talk. Jump in. But um, and one of the ways I see that teachers do it is the term house area. Yeah. Like for pretend, and of course, boys and girls can both be in the house, and and they can talk about that. Oh, it's you know, it's for boys and girls, but it's like, why is it called the house area, when there are kids and there are some girls, some boys who wanna play firefighter, who wanna play superhero, right. who wanna play bad guy, who wanna you know all these other things. Right. And I know not everyone calls it the house area, but when I see it called that or housekeeping mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. corner or whatever and all that, yeah. and it's just like... Housekeeping corner is the one that I'm still scratching. Yeah, and but like, where does that term, right. like, how is that term in there? It seems to be so, like, culturally, mm-hmm. it's a cultural message. Mm-hmm. This is what you do in this area. Right. So what, I, what I'm thinking about is how the room is set up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How you set up your room yes. to begin with because sure. your room gi- your room gives you lots of messages about mm-hmm. what's allowed mm-hmm. and what's not. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so is there even room for rough and tumble in the room? If right. there's not room for rough and tumble, then it's not going to be... Right. But if you've got a big house keeping yeah, yeah. area or... You've well, got and we a, give the a, message to kids all the time uh, or... Hopefully I don't, but I've seen teachers give the message to kids all the time, not in here, that's for outside. And so kids are specifically told they're either 
talking too loud or moving their body in a way right. that is, you know, not not allowed in that space. Mm-hmm. So so let me just go back yeah, just sorry, a second you. about the environment. Yeah. Because environments, where where do where do the teachers get the idea of how do I set up the environment right, right. in such a way? Mm-hmm. And it seems to me it's pretty standardized. Yeah. A lot of well, lot definitely of really Minnesota, are, are, in Minnesota, are the licensing, you know, states, yes. you need certain areas. Yes. There's yep. nothing about, the only, what do they call it, large muscle areas are in a gym or outside. You are required to have large muscle equipment. Yes. 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 But not an area. But not an area. And it doesn't have to right. be like out, like right. in a classroom. Right, you have to prove they have access yeah. to it in yeah. Minnesota. Yeah, but, but I want to go back to yes. this environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there is, it is prescriptive, definitely. It, it seems very prescriptive, <laughs> and uh, you know, who gets to dis- who's deciding that to begin with? Well, right. I think that's where the culture comes in. I mean, this is yes. how cultures are built. Somebody mm-hmm. once made an early childhood classroom. Somebody else saw that. They copied it. They then, you know, I mean, this is just. You know, it's like a culture in a family. Your house looks like mm-hmm. your mom and dad's house to a certain degree because you got used to certain things. And so it, I think this that's makes where me think of Angie, Angie play. Angie play, yeah, you know, from China. And being the total outsider. And again, but, that's female dominated, right? Mm-hmm. It is, but it's very much from, um, I forgot her name, but one specific person's like kind of idea mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. built off of it. She's like the superintendent yep. of Anji province, or I'm, I might be getting some of this terminology wrong. Yeah, but you're, you're on the, and I'm forgetting her name too, but it was her kind of idea of reformatting and kind of reevaluating yeah. the needs of children and the idea that kind of, as we've talked about, you know, the need for moving and learn to, for learning that the children were in in China, the very traditional models, she was seeing that that wasn't working for whole child development. So that there was that idea that children need to be free to kind of move and play and be challenged. But it is a, it from their teaching staff. The staff still yeah. seem to be very heavily. And because it's so new and female. different than other things, we can look at it and say, oh, see, that's breaking this idea. But... I can see 50 years down the road, there are people who are like, no, you have to play with barrels and ladders because that's what <laughs> early childhood is. And right. like, it's just that funny thing. And you see with Montessori, some programs are more like, this is what Montessori is. You have to do this. Things kind of become gospel. Things become gospel. And that's the part of like, look at the children in front of you and how right. are they reacting? And is it working for everybody? Mm-hmm. Whether you look at it in terms of so, gender. So how does that, yeah. Race, that, yeah. How does that, income. how does that relate to gender? Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, that was right. your original question. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, gender and culture, because I think there is sort of like a, a white middle class yeah. culture also represented in many early childhood yes. programs. That that is the model that's sort of being duplicated from right. program to program, not across the board, because I certainly haven't been in yeah. every classroom. But I'm, suddenly I'm having this, oh, this is kind of interesting because we have a devaluing, sorry, I'm getting a devaluing inside of devaluing, because now I'm like, oh, I'm being kind of harsh on my field here and on my colleagues, right, right. but early childhood is already devalued right. because it's a caretaking yeah, profession. True. So we have all these people who are in this profession because they're drawn to this caretaking. Mm-hmm. And now I'm kind of throwing them under the bus because they're devaluing boy culture. You know, so it's, right, like, it's right. a very, you got to be careful. And then there's I the, be careful. the larger culture too, that <laughs> I think there are some men who'd be more interested in it if it wasn't devalued culturally. Right? right. So Correct. then there's that, Right, so it's sort of, yeah, other I don't wanna, side. Yes, yeah, so I don't want to be overly critical of the people who are sure. who are passionately doing the work. Uh, but I think at the yeah. same time, especially when you bring in race and class into this too, that we do have to make sure we're being as inclusive and possible as yes. possible. Mm-hmm. And and it's this 
there's these tipping points, right? Like there aren't very many men in early childhood and there aren't going to be because there right. aren't very many men in it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. And you're not getting paid a substantial right. you know, enough wage to then fit the cultural norms of being the breadwinner or right, being, right, you know, yeah. to, to sustain your family, to go back decades back where that mm-hmm. was the men's, right. the male role. Right. And so I think there's... So on our checklist, so first we smash the patriarchy, then we can get to... <laughs> I'm all for it. Valuing <laughs> rough and tumble <laughs> play in early childhood classrooms. I just, so I just had to slip that in there. Yeah, no, it, it's true. I, I don't want to... I don't think we should lose sight of that for sure. But, it, but it, I, th- I think it does in, you know, saying it in kind of an, ex- you know, um, joking manner, but it really has influenced this field, I think, because... If we go back many years, I think it was pre-post. It's or not pre-post. That doesn't make sense. Uh, I haven't had caffeine, so you can see the difference. Um, but if we're going pre-war era education, it was very male-dominated, mm-hmm. right? Even in the earlier years. Now, they at that point, they didn't have a lot of early childhood yeah. programming, but elementary and teaching throughout was predominantly male. Yeah, and then it shifts, and so it'd be interesting to look from an anthropological lens when you know how was it pre mm-hmm. right and then how has it been post and is it is there a clear kind of line in the sand because i would imagine that there probably has been well and the other thing historically then as you get into the 1960s space race and all that when yes. suddenly all the requirements suddenly were these really academic things and mm-hmm. i'd say part of that tangent was this thing of like oh so what we need to do is work on science skills, math skills, kind of definitely a devaluing of the free time. I mean, really the 80s, it really kicks in. But that idea that worrying about academics, therefore we do that at a younger and younger age. So it didn't really hit four-year-olds maybe right away, but I think that we're still in that progression of, oh, this is going to make children smarter. And even, you know, Head Start, its initial idea was it's going to increase literacy skills mm-hmm. in children going to school. Yeah. Well, going way, way back, we're going, you know, early, <laughs> Let's no, do I mean, it. early yeah. you know, early... Plato, Socrates. We're really getting into the nerd. Early 1900s, things. Yeah. talk centuries very well. Yeah, we're not even on the nerd podcast, so this is... This yeah, is, we just got nerdy. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But, I mean, you're also getting workers ready for the assembly line. Yeah. Right. So the idea of yeah. control, the idea of following rules, it's, yeah. you know, that's just sort of baked into the U.S., educational yes. system and now we're sort of seeing kids not adults not doing well in our society right not finishing school not right. not all, and the job skills and needed equally, are about creativity i think we're looking about... at a lot of uh young men not doing well specifically african-american young men i don't want to talk too much about things that i don't have hard data for but so now we're looking back at well so what's being devalued you know your question sure. of what's being devalued early on seems more right. relevant to what we're seeing for yeah for outcomes yeah. from our educational system right, we got to right. reflect wait are we are we I mean, again, I'm not the one to cry a river of tears for men in our society yet, but, um, you know, are we not uh, supporting right. boys as well yeah. in mm-hmm. our educational system? Right. Yeah, and what I would say with that, because I, I always have to have that caveat too, right? I'm not saying that men are disadvantaged in our society, but what I right. do think happens is that boys' ways of showing caring and friendship and feelings are devalued. Right. And that doesn't do anybody as... It does everybody a disservice when, because it's true, in the workforce, men tend to be the ones who are leaders and things, and they don't know how to deal with emotions. Right. They don't know how to deal with um, negotiation, right. consent, whatever. Right. And, 
And to me, that circles back to culture then, yeah, because yeah. they're devalued right. because there's a cultural misunderstanding yeah, about yeah. what they look like. Right. So part of it is that we can't we can't separate the two, well, but we can hopefully influence the culture mm -hmm. when we have young children. And I think it, it's it, as it would be really kind of anything. It's finding the balance, and so I think that's right. the it's the idea that in as we're trying to push for more females in positions of power, of ownership of companies, of, in, in these kind of management positions, we want that because we know it's going to be a better balance for how companies are run and how people are represented and how right. just, I think there's going to be, mm -hmm. and I think it's the same, is that if there's balance, well, then you, everyone, or hopefully everyone, but at least the, a larger majority of people are going to be seen you're going to be heard, you're going to be understood, you're going to be represented. And that goes for gender, that goes for race, that goes for sexuality, that goes for all these things. That if we're seeing more people who are like myself in these areas, well, then I feel like I can connect and I can belong. But also, if these people who are my teachers don't see, you know, me, or they don't look like me, at least they see me. And I feel like I'm still a part of this group. And that I think there's this idea right. that I think that's maybe the message and, we're trying to promote yeah, is that yeah. we're not saying more men because we're better. It's the idea that, well, it's just we want to have a, a better understanding of human beings yeah. and trying to trying to create better human beings. And the only thing I want to add to that to wrap this up is that and for the children who even the children who are already seen or like see the teachers, you know, that I can grow up to be like this teacher, you yeah. know, in race, gender, class, whatever. It's still that idea of seeing that all the children are accepted and valued for what they bring to this. Right. So the rough and tumble child is valued because they are rough right. and tumble. And the child who wants to sit and read is valued because they want to sit and read. And, you know, so you get the more inclusive we can be in an early childhood program, right. the more inclusive we can be. <clears throat> and I think to be an inclusive society that one of the things we have to do is stop and look at what are the systems we're in and what mm -hmm. can we change within that we can't change everything but we can certainly yeah. change stuff that's happening we can't just say it's too big for me to do anything about right. it and we can't also say that i'll just do the same thing but right. i know that i'm going to treat everybody the same if you're kind of keeping that whole system the learning environment is right. still mm -hmm. devaluing things or mm -hmm. certain types of yeah. welcoming whatever so i with the caffeine i want to start talking more i can yeah. feel myself but i better <laughs> just thank everyone for the conversation and hopefully tomorrow i will sound like i know what i'm talking about we'll okay. see hopefully yeah, we'll see. see who knows <laughs> we'll find out thanks mike thanks mike. thanks thank you for listening to teaching with the body and bond we'll be back again next week with another episode music is by big wheel popcorn